Okay, church, we're kicking off Advent this morning, as Jason said, so turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. Advent is a season where we historically as a church have asked God to prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of Christ and to anticipate the return of Christ. Now, there's all kinds of traditions that have grown up uh, through the season of Advent. Jason talked about the Advent candles we have here, the Advent wreath. Uh, there's Advent lights. One of the other traditions of Advent began way back in the 1840s, and that is the, the sending and receiving of Christmas cards. Uh, perhaps the most well-known text on Christmas cards is Matthew 1, 23. And they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. As a matter of fact, that's what John says in his prologue to his gospel that we're going to look at this morning in John 1. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Emmanuel. God dwelling with us, God with us. And over and over again and again in Scripture, we're reminded that this is God's heartbeat. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be going through a series we're calling Dwell, God with us. God with us in the past, God with us in the present, God with us in the future yet to come. Put another way to use a Christmas story, we're going to be considering the spirit of Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas present, and the spirit of Christmas yet to come. You know the story I'm talking about. Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, came out in December of 1843. The main character is a guy named Ebenezer Scrooge. We meet him as a man who loves money and hates Christmas. His favorite phrase is humbug when it comes to Christmas. He's bitter, he's lonely, he's isolated, he's mean, he's just not a very good man at all. All he wants to do is work and make money. He has a business partner who is just as wicked as he is, and that guy dies. Scrooge is the only one that goes to his business partner's funeral. And then that night, his business partner visits Scrooge in a dream. And they're going to give Scrooge a second chance. They're going to come as the spirit of Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas present, and the spirit of Christmas yet to come. So later on that night, the spirit of Christmas past visits Scrooge. And this spirit is actually a kind spirit. This spirit actually wants to work with Scrooge to transform him and help him to become a new man. We find out through the spirit of Christmas past, that Scrooge wasn't always mean. As a child, as a youngster, he was kind, he was sensitive, he was caring. We go to another scene with the spirit of Christmas past, and we learn that Scrooge actually grew up in a very loving, tender, kind 
family. In another scene, we discover that Scrooge, as a child and as a young man, had had many, 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 many friends and was very popular. We go on another scene and we learn that Scrooge had actually fallen in love with a beautiful, wonderful woman named Belle. And then in the last scene, we learn what changed everything. Scrooge had a sister he loved. Her name was Fanny. She was pregnant with a son, Scrooge's nephew. And tragically, Fan died in childbirth. It devastated Ebenezer. And everything he once held to, he abandoned. Everything he once enjoyed, he turned his back on. Now, we know at the end of A Christmas Carol that through the work of the spirit of Christmas past, present, and yet to come, Scrooge is transformed. It's a beautiful story of redemption, of transformation. Well, God's story of transformation and redemption is even more beautiful. And the reason why we like Dickens' A Christmas Carol is because in some small way it is an echo of the great story of redemption. But even in God's great story of redemption, there is a spirit of Christmas past. He shows up again and again and again in many times, in many places. And the Apostle John talks about the spirit of Christmas past in the text before us this morning. So let's all stand out of reverence for God's Word. <clears throat> I'm going to read John 1, 1 18, but I'm going to skip uh, 6 through 9. This is God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skip down to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now skip down to verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. May God bless the hearing and teaching of His inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative Word. This is God's Word. He gave it to us because He loves us, and He wants us to know at the core of His heart is a deep longing to dwell among us in Christ.
Do you believe that? Let's pray. God, we ask you would open our eyes to the beauty of Emmanuel, God with us, that we would understand afresh with new eyes that you long to dwell with us. Come, Holy Spirit, teach. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So, the premise I want to give to you this morning is this. The entire biblical narrative says that God's great longing is to dwell intimately with His people. And the biblical narrative reveals that God goes to extreme lengths to fulfill His desire to dwell with His people. So three ways the spirit of Christmas past points us to hope in Emmanuel, God with us. First of all, see the spirit of Christmas past in Revelation. Now, I'm not talking about the book of Revelation. I'm not talking about the last book of the Bible. Actually, I'm talking more about the Old Testament. We need to see the spirit of Christmas past in Revelation, that is specifically the Old Testament. If you look at John 1, it points us directly back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, we all know the first words of Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1-1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14, we learn that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So it's clear that in verse 1, John is talking about Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. And in verse 3, John is clear that the entire universe was made by the Word of Jesus. Jesus was the creative Word of God. He is God. And Jesus is also the revealing Word of God. He reveals what God's heart is like. Because again, He is God. And revelation from start to finish, biblical revelation reveals God's heart as longing to dwell with His people. I'm going to give you a brief overview of the Old Testament. Exodus 29, verse 45. I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. Why? That I might dwell with them. Do you realize that's why God brought Israel out of Egypt? So that He might dwell with them and be their God. Leviticus 26, 11 and 12. I will confirm my covenant. I will make my dwelling among you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. Men and women, over and over and over in Scripture, we hear this refrain, I will dwell among you. You will be my people, and I will be your God, and I will walk among you. Think about that, men and women. The heartbeat of God is to dwell intimately with you all the time. Through all of your ups, through all of your downs, through all of your pain, through all of your joy, through everything you experience in life, the heartbeat of God is to dwell intimately with you. 
Scripture's not done. We see the spirit of Christmas pass in Ezekiel 37, 27. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God. They will be my people. Zechariah 2, verse 10. Sing for joy and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst. The entire plan of God was to create a universe populated by people with whom God would dwell intimately. You want to dwell with God? You want to know God? Not nearly as much as God longs to dwell with you. How would your life change if you began to believe that? As a matter of fact, the last book of the Bible, Revelation, puts the capstone on this entire perspective. Revelation 21, verse 3. Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and He will dwell among them, and they shall be His people. You know, usually people respond better to my preaching. I'm just sort (laughs) of… We've all been there, bro. Do you hear what I'm saying? The entire refrain of God from Genesis to Revelation is how he longs to express his desire to dwell with us. Emmanuel was at God's side at creation, and he was God. God with us is our story. And he says it so many times, I think he's probably trying to tell us something. I know I need to be reminded because it always slips off my heart. My heart's just like Teflon, right? That the whole idea that God longs to dwell with me, uh, listen, especially when things get hard, especially when life gets chaotic especially when I can even see reasons in my own life that he shouldn't want to dwell with me. That whole spirit of Christmas past just slips right off my heart. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stay. Another way to put it in our computer age, it's like this whole idea of Emmanuel that God's heartbeat is to dwell with us. It just doesn't boot up on the human operating system. Because we've got malware. We've got major bugs. But God will continue to remind us of the message. Here's my heartbeat, people of God. I will dwell with you. You will be my people. I will be your God. I will walk among you. That's the spirit of Christmas past, and it's all through Revelation from start to finish. See the spirit of Christmas past in Revelation. Secondly, see the spirit of Christmas past in incarnation. This is obvious. This is the easy one. This is the one that all of us think of when we think of Advent. Verse 9 of John 1, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. We're told in verse 3 that God created the universe through Christ. Why did he do that? Because he knew and he foreknew that, that, that humanity was going to fall. 
we were going to fall into sin. And, and right away, by the way, as far as God wanting to dwell, Adam does what when he sins? He hides. What does God do? He pursues him to dwell with him. Adam, where are you? Do you see that? When you blow it, God doesn't run from you and say, you don't deserve me to dwell with you anymore. When you blow it, he pursues you and says, I'm the God who's committed to dwelling with you, no matter what. Now, there is a condition, and that is that we acknowledge our helplessness and our need, that we actually admit that we're not deserving. So in Genesis 3.15, after Adam and Eve have fallen and the serpent's been exposed as the culprit who tempted them, God says, I will put hostility, I, would put, I will put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. That's the spirit of Christmas past, folks. The seed of the woman is Emmanuel. God with us. And in 4 BC, it literally was fulfilled. All the promises that the congregation of the Old Testament church sang for centuries and centuries and millennia, God, at just the right time, Galatians 4 says, sent Christ, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those under the law. Why was Emmanuel so important? Why did God need to create the world through Emmanuel? Because God is holy and just. And if he didn't create the world through Emmanuel, he would have had to have destroyed it as soon as he created it and they fell. No. Emmanuel, God with us, was God and man. You see, it's human beings creating the image of God that owe God perfect obedience. It's human beings creating the image of God that owe God the debt of the penalty of sin. And so Emmanuel had to be God with us as completely human and completely divine. He had to be born of a virgin so that his nature would be protected from inherited sin from Adam and Eve. And then Jesus, as Emmanuel, lived the life we could never live, and he paid the debt that we couldn't afford to pay. And as we understand the gospel by God's grace and transfer our trust from ourselves to Emmanuel, we are, in fact, able to experience God's heart to dwell with us. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That, that word means tabernacled. It, it's like the temporary setup of the temple where the glory of God dwelt when Israel was going from place to place. Jesus, Emmanuel, tabernacled with us. What's that mean? It means temporarily. What do you mean temporarily? For 33 years, he tabernacled among us, literally in his person on this planet. But the spirit of Christmas past was already alive from eternity past. He was with God and he was God. And after Jesus raised from the dead, the spirit of Emmanuel is still with us. So we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit as we go through uh, our Advent uh, messages 
The point is, God sent Christ, Emmanuel, to redeem us from sin so that we could experience intimacy with God. What kind of God does that? What kind of a God creates knowing and foreknowing that we would fall into sin, yet creates through Emmanuel so that he wouldn't have to destroy what he just created that just fell, so that he could continue to dwell intimately with that creation. Who does that? Many of y'all know I'm an audiophile. I love music. I like from Bach to ZZ Top and everything in between. You know, I'm a Beatles freak. You know, I'm a U2 freak. You know, I'm going to the Sphere on Wednesday to see U2 in that amazing venue. But I also like a group called Queen. Uh, Queen was a very popular group in the 70s. Uh, Believe it or not, We Will Rock You. That was when I graduated from high school. So everywhere we went, we would play that song because we were, in fact, the champions. I mean, we actually did win the championship. So I am that old, but I really love Queen. The lead singer of Queen was a guy named Freddie Mercury. Sadly, he died of AIDS. He had his own personal struggles. When Queen wanted to do sort of a, a reunion tour, to honor uh, Freddie Mercury's memory, they were looking for uh, a lead singer to take Freddie Mercury's place. Now, he's got one of the greatest voices in the history of, of singing. How could you replace Freddie Mercury? Well, they found this guy who happened to be a Christian. His name is Mark Martell. By the way, if you put M-A-R-C, Mark Martell, M-A-R-T-E-L, and you look up, can anybody find me somebody to love, audition, you will hear the most incredible voice you've ever heard. Be that as it may, Mark Martell was part of a Christian group called Down Here. They actually performed here at Oak Mountain many years ago. Now, what I want you to do is download a song by Down Here called How Many Kings. It's probably one of the best Christmas songs you'll ever hear. And you'll hear in the Freddie Mercury style of vocals you'll hear Mark Martell sing this chorus. You're wondering, how does this all tie in the spirit of Christmas past? Here's how it ties in right here. What kind of a God sends Emmanuel? How many kings step down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is all torn apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me. All for me. All for you. You see, that's the message of the spirit of Christmas past. That Emmanuel has been with God and is God forever. And God's heartbeat revealed in Christ is that he has no greater longing than to dwell intimately with you. Do you believe that? And then lastly, uh, see the spirit of Christmas passed in salvation. 
See, it's not just enough for us to know about Emmanuel. We actually need to experience Emmanuel. See, we're shrouded in darkness. John talks about this through the whole passage. Uh, He says in verse 5, The light, which is the light, Jesus, Emmanuel, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this again reminds us of Genesis 1. Right? Remember in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and darkness was over the deep and God said, let there be light. You need to understand how John 1 and Genesis 1 fit together. And in John 1, John is saying that Jesus is the light that dispels the darkness. And every one of us are conceived in darkness. Every one of us are born in darkness. Every one of us live in darkness. And we are incapable of breaking out of the darkness. And so we need to experience Emmanuel. Let me see if I can explain what I mean. Look at verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So there's the whole concept of Emmanuel as the light. Now, let me go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, and I want you to put all this together. The God who said, let light shine in darkness, right? We're back to Genesis 1.1. John 1.1 refers to Genesis 1.1. John 1.5 refers to Genesis 1.1.1.2. The God who said, let light shine in the darkness has shown in our hearts to give light of the glory of God in the face of Christ. See, we don't just need to read about the spirit of Christmas past in the Old Testament. We don't merely need to understand that the spirit of Christmas past was revealed in Jesus during his birth and life. We need to experience Emmanuel to experience the light that opens our eyes to the hope of the gospel. Look at verse 10. The world did not know him, Emmanuel. Verse 11, his own people, the Jewish race, did not know Emmanuel. But look at verse 12. But whoever did receive him, whoever did believe in his name, he gave it the right to become children of God. So the question begs to be asked, how come some do not believe and some do? How can some receive Emmanuel and others don't? Well, it's because Emmanuel comes to them first and prepares their hearts to receive him first. Look at verse 13. The people who know Emmanuel, how do they know Emmanuel? Look at verse 13. Not because they're born of blood has nothing to do with your lineage, has nothing to do with your family line, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. We've been talking about the will of the flesh in Galatians. The will of the flesh is your own efforts, right? Your own trying to make it work. So John says, no, you, you, don't, you don't know Emmanuel God doesn't dwell with you because of your family, blood, because of your effort, will, nor the will of man. It's not even your choice. Given your own choice, you don't want Emmanuel. Given my own choice, I don't want Emmanuel. I want the darkness. Well, then, how? The verse continues the will of God. The will of God is how any of us experience 
God dwelling with us. The will of God, the grace of God, is how we experience God's presence. And by the way, the entire Bible teaches this. Let's go back to the spirit of Christmas past in Ezekiel 36. Here's Ezekiel 36, 25. Well, it's gone. Ah, it's not gone. Right? How many times do I do this, folks? Right? Do you know where this comes from? Well, it comes from, you know, Jesus. But in the, in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 36, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you. I will cleanse you from all of your uncleanness. I will cleanse you from all of your idols. Verse 26, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put in you. I will remove your heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And then you shall be my people, and I will be your God. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Look, we don't bring about our own conversion and salvation. Emmanuel does. Emmanuel comes to us to dwell with us. And then as Emmanuel dwells with us, he opens our eyes to our need for grace, and we put our hope in Jesus Christ. Emmanuel comes, dwells with us, opens our eyes to our need for salvation, and then we trust in Christ by his grace. By the way, this is exactly what happens in a Christmas carol. If you know the story, the end of the story is Scrooge is saved. After the dreams, he wakes up. And listen to what Scrooge says, Scrooge's words himself. I am as light as a feather. You ever wake up and you know your sin is forgiven and your transgression is taken away? Scrooge says, I am light as a feather. I am as happy as an angel. All of the sadness, all of the loss, all of the grief, it's, it's still there, but he's trusting Jesus with it, and he's as happy as an angel. And then the last thing Scrooge says, I am quite a baby. Now, he's not saying, oh, I'm such a baby. No, no. He's saying, I am now quite a baby. In other words, I've been born again. I was born once, and I was a baby then, and I had a hard life. But the spirit of Christmas past, as well as present and future, has revealed to me the gospel. And I am free. And I am quite a baby. I am born again. I am born afresh. And I am no longer bitterness. I am no longer stinginess. I am no longer meanness. I am no longer isolation. But now I am kind and friendly and generous. And the people said never had they seen such a transformation.
We need to experience, not just know about, the spirit of Christmas past. Have you experienced in your past conversion? If not, may today be your conversion. May today be from now on as you move forward the spirit of Christmas past. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, Jesus. Thank you for Advent. Thank you for uh, reminding us that the entire Bible is about Emmanuel, that really all of life, all of eternity is about Emmanuel. And God, open our eyes that you really do want to dwell with us. God, if there's anybody here this morning, they've not yet experienced the spirit of Christmas past, that, that today would be the day of their salvation and tomorrow they'll know that they've experienced the spirit of Christmas past even today. So Lord, come, be near, dwell with us, give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and hear the benediction. God's final word, as even just to say it again, I will be with you, I will be with you, I will be with you. I long to be your God, I long to dwell with you. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Abba Father, and the fellowship, the presence, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always.